Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska. And today we're going to talk about nursing evolutions. We have two guest speakers with us today that are going to talk to us about their evolution in the nursing profession. And basically, we're going to talk about the evolution from nurse to nurse scientist. So with us today, we have two of our very own PhD students. We have Ms. Giselle Plusti and Ms. Abby Klein. And hello, everyone. Good morning. Hi, great to be here. And we're going we're gonna to talk uh, about their experience and find out a little bit about what the journey looks like and how you can enter your own journey in a similar way. So Giselle and Abby, I'm sure that our listeners are wondering, who are you and why are you here? So why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit about your background and uh, and what brought you to the podcast today. So uh, let's start with Giselle. Uh, my name is Giselle and I'm a student PhD candidate in the PhD program at UNMC. Prior to that, I was a nurse in the oncology unit, the bone marrow transplant unit at Buffett Cancer Center. And while I was there, I helped implement and walking program for patients that were hospitalized getting bone marrow transplants. And it was very successful. And I became interested in learning how patients that are in the hospital going through an intensive treatment like that, how to motivate them to stay physically active during their transplant. And from there, I felt like I didn't have the skills to move that work forward. And that's why I am now in the PhD program, focusing on that specific area. Wonderful. That's that's such an exciting evolution. Abby, what is your story? Yeah, so I, uh, like Giselle, I am also a PhD student here. I had a very long and winding path to where I am today. I started out college as a music major, actually. And when I discovered that studying music kind of zapped the joy, I looked for what my next career possibility would be, and I ended up in nursing. So I did my CNA education, started working as a CNA, and I, you know, I really felt like this was the place for me. I worked on a progressive care unit. Then I completed my LPN education, worked as a clinic nurse while completing my RN education at Metro Community College. And then I started working as a, an acute rehab nurse on, a, on the brain injury unit at Madonna Rehab up here in Omaha. And one of the consistent things that I saw throughout my time as a clinic nurse and working on, um, in acute rehab is incontinence, uh, whether that's because of a neurological issue or because of having children or you know some other disease process. Incontinence happens to a lot of people and there's not always a lot of answers. So I actually started out as a DNP student, a doctorate of nursing practice student, and quickly realized that the kind of change that I wanted to affect may be better fit for the PhD program. 
So I had some of those conversations. Uh, I also was working for Dr. Allison Hanish at the time as her graduate assistant. And I, I didn't fully understand what nurse researchers did, what nurse scientists do until I started working for her. And I thought that's the kind of, that's the kind of change that I want to bring. And that is when I started having those conversations, switched over to the PhD program and I blinked and here we are. Right. Well, again, two different stories. And, you know, from my own perspective, I also started as a CNA and I started in long-term care and then progressed into nursing school. And it was the farthest thing from my mind to be a scientist. Like I, my dad would joke with me and say, you're so curious. Why don't you, you know, become a scientist? And I would laugh and say, what? I don't want to do that. You know, we have visions of scientists being in the lab with their coat and their beakers. And, you know, that's what we think of when we think of scientists, but neuroscientists completely different. And so that's actually why we're having this conversation today to talk about you know, what is a nurse scientist and, and, and why would you want to progress into this? And then what kind of impact could you have? And I think for our listeners, there isn't a nurse alive who hasn't thought to themselves, why don't they fill in the blank? You know, why don't they figure out how to, or why do we do this instead of this? What, what do you two think about that? Did that happen to you? Was that part of your evolution? Yeah, definitely. So in my introduction, I I missed some points. Um, So one of the things that I did before going into the PhD program is that I got my master's in nursing education. So I did teach at Metro for two years while I was in the beginning of the PhD program. So exactly like you said, every nurse throughout their career will, will notice a practice change or, you know, something that we're doing that could be done better and I think that's how a lot of us nurse scientists or future nurse scientists get here Um, and like I said what got me here is trying to improve when patients are getting bone marrow transplants how they can maintain their strength so they're not struggling when they get out of the hospital to return to their lives so yeah and even during my time teaching I had a few students that they would be really passionate about something. And I would say, you know what, remember that for when you start your career, you can change these things. You just have to, you know, use the evidence to back it up and and drive that change to improve patient care. And so, Abby, what about you? Did you have similar thoughts when you were on the floor? Did you... Did you wake up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a neuroscientist now? Uh, You kind of alluded to that a minute ago, but what I heard you say is is you actually thought that maybe you would want to do DNP versus PhD. I'm not sure our listeners really know the difference. So can you help us understand that? Yeah. So the DNP, which stands for Doctorate of Nursing Practice, is a terminal nursing degree focused more on skill sets uh, of either, you know, you can go several routes, but The primary routes are either leadership or a specialty in some type of provision of care. So that could be women's health, it could be gerontology, it could be pediatrics or family care. I had some excellent, excellent nurse practitioners that I had the privilege of working for. And they are really the reason why I wanted to be a nurse practitioner because I saw the level of care that they were able to provide and 
I told myself, I want to do that someday. I want to be like them. So, you know, the DNP's focus is a, a lot more, you still have lots of research and evidence-based practice education, but it's not as heavily focused on the actual research process and exploring, you know, conceptual understandings and theoretical understandings um, and how that impacts your, your research topic. So yeah, that's essentially what the DNP is. But I think with any, and Giselle alluded to this, like when you have a question, like we've all thought, why do we do it this way? This seems so counterintuitive. It seems hard. It seems nonsensical. So why do we do it this way? Most of the time, you know, when we find a process that seems nonsensical to us, there actually is quite a bit of research behind it that says this is the best way to do it. This is the best way to decrease, you know, the risk of an adverse event. But as far as my personal questioning, uh, it more came from a place of examining how, you know, how the world influences the experience of people based on their gender or their, either their biological gender or their um, gender identity. And when there are many health disparities that women face, you know, one being pain, but another big one is urinary incontinence. There's just not a lot out there as far as information that's accessible. And I kept thinking like, why isn't this being addressed? If this is so prevalent, why are we not addressing it? And well, it's complicated. So that's, you know, eventually what led me to this, to this research topic. You know, what's so funny about what you just said is when my dad told me you should be a scientist. I'm like, what? Why would I want to do that? And he told me because you always are asking why, why this and why that. And, and so listeners, if you find yourself asking, why do we do it this way? You may be right for your evolution into neuroscientists as well. And, and it also interesting asking, well, why do we do it this way? This seems so weird. It's worth noting that many policies are also written on and written against the best practice that we find in the literature. But if there's no best practice in the literature, where does it come from? And that's why we're having this conversation. So Giselle, when you think about this conversation, what's sticking out to you? What kinds of things do you think the listeners should know about the evolution to nurse scientists? One of the most rewarding parts and exciting parts of being a nurse is that there are so many possibilities. So no matter where you are in your career, whether you've been working in the same unit for a long time or you're just recently experiencing a change, there is something for you as far as advancing your career. If you are going into management or if you do have a question that you are just wanting to to resolve and going into research. So like Abby was saying, um, PhD is a choice and DNP is a choice. So really that's the most exciting thing about being a nurse is that it's you can always evolve. Okay, so I think that we've excited our listeners enough for them to be asking the question, not the why question, but the how question. So what do you have to do to become a nurse scientist? I think the first step is to identify 
some topic or some concept area that you are really interested in, not only, you know, interested because it pertains to you or to your work, but enough interest that it would help keep you motivated through the long process of going through a PhD program. And once you have identified that topic area, is to look at scholars that work in your area. What are they doing right now? What grants are they writing for? Uh, what, what are they publishing right now? What's the latest state of the science or, uh, you know, even the state of the science for a topic that is adjacent to the one you're interested in? Um, just getting an understanding of that will help you a lot. I don't know that it's totally necessary to take all of those steps before you apply for a program, but it is helpful if you can have a general idea of the, the area that you want to be working in. Yes, that is a really good point. And I just want to add, while it is great to have something in mind, like when I was going through my master's, the PhD idea interested me, um, but I was like, I can't go through with it unless I have something that I want to focus on. And that was really important to me. But I will say that my experience may have been different than other students because I was so fixated on that one issue and that's all I wanted to focus on that I kind of had the blinders on whereas if you had kind of a vague idea and you are taking it all in as you're learning about research and gathering information I think you might have more flexibility and gain more from the process I would say. How interesting that the evolution is different for every nurse but I will say this that as a part of an academic medical center, research is a big part of what we do here. And so having those what's called serendipitous collisions and finding out that this is something that I want to do is, is very likely. But if you're in a place that isn't necessarily a research institution, then I do think that that there is at least one representative in in every health facility that is responsible for looking at best practice or dis or discovery and determining what policies are and really having a hand in what's coming out in the literature and in the science the state of the science so to speak so if you find yourself asking why and being very interested in things of that nature as we've described then find that person in your institution, get to know them, ask them questions, and then see if you can either get together with a PhD or a DNP student, or even partner up with a nurse scientist to see if that's something that you're interested in. What, what else do you have to say on that evolution, Giselle and Abby? I guess one thing that I can think of off the top of my head is that when you start the PhD program, the way that you think changes drastically from your training as a bedside nurse or a nurse in a clinic setting. Our undergraduate training really teaches us a lot of skills and teaches us the background behind those skills, you know, pathophysiology, pharmacology, teaches us patient care, but then when you get to the PhD program, you are challenged to think conceptually, which is a lot different. It's not bad. It's just different than what your undergraduate training was for. So 
going through that, I'll call it a paradigm shift in my own thought process was definitely a learning curve. And it felt kind of isolating at first because I thought I was the only person that was not grasping this content or these concepts. So I had to lean really heavily on my classmates. And then I found out they were all struggling too. So we felt a lot better. Uh, but it's definitely a different way of thinking. And once you can let yourself think freely and creatively and dream whatever may come to your mind, it is such a liberating feeling. And it's something that I didn't I didn't necessarily feel when I was a bedside nurse. So that's been a, a really big transformation um, in my own brain. One of the other things that I think our listeners should learn about is that when you do get a DNP or a PhD, you are then eligible for different types of research grants. And you are then the one who's able to procure resources to address that problem that has certainly by this point become your passion. And you are able to procure resources to solve a problem for your patients. And I think that is also something that the evolution from nurse at the bedside, taking care of individuals, to nurse scientists taking care of larger problems that impacts populations of patients, that's intensely satisfying. So that's one other benefit to bring up for our listeners. Well, in our last few minutes, what are, what are the one minute pieces of advice that you would have for nurses who are just starting this evolution? Um, I would say you have that desire. Don't brush it off as, oh, I'm not cut out for that kind of work. You are. It's challenging, but in a really good way. So if you're thinking that this is something you might be interested in, um, come chat with one of us and we'll let you know what the next steps are. But you definitely can do it. Yeah, I would have the same advice as Giselle. Uh, when I was growing up, my mom would always, you know, I'd look at clothes on the rack and I'd say, oh, that's not going to look good on me. And every time she'd say, you don't know, you won't know if the dress fits unless you try it on. And that's something that I've carried with me through my whole life. If you have, if you have a desire to do something, if you have a passion that you want to further explore, you will never know if you will be unsuccessful if you don't try. And you also never know if you'll be wildly successful. So if you have that passion, don't, don't ignore it. Don't try to stuff it back down. Eventually it'll come out. Um, so do it while you have the motivation. I don't think that there's any better advice than that. I very wise words. Well, Giselle and Avi, we're actually running out of time and this has just flown by. It's been so interesting to talk to you. I think what we need to do is uh, check in on you here soon to see how your research is progressing, what are the things that you're learning, and maybe sharing some of the challenges of being PhD students as well. I think that would be an amazing next step. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds great. Well, Abby and Giselle, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we'll definitely have you back as return guests on RN Huddle. And we definitely wish you luck as you continue your evolution to from nurse to nurse scientists. 
And for our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been a wonderful episode of RN Huddle. Hopefully, we've inspired at least some of you to start asking those why questions. And and hopefully, eventually, we get you to the how question. And we know that we have at least two guests here who are more than willing to have that conversation with you uh, should you get to that point. So thank you. Thanks for listening. And catch us here next time on RN Huddle. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.